Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. <laughs> Look, it was amusing. It wasn't a law. It was just a pondering of a conundrum that was sent into idea at wretched.org that we discussed last week. Was it earlier this Oh, oh, yeah, the couple earlier this I'm week. I'm so confused because what we do on the program typically helps me to understand where I am in a week yeah. doing mailbag every day. I'm totally lost. I'm globally unaware of what time it is, what day it is. But we had a discussion about a couple at a church, 80 years old, believers on Social Security, both widowers, lonely. They would like to have one another's company, live together, share expenses, and not have their Social Security check compromised because once you get married, the state goes, oh, then we're going to give you less and it would make it difficult for them to live. So I said there's a potential option, which is covenantal marriage. And I suggested that rather than going to the state to get their imprimatur that you're actually married, you do it in a church without state involvement. Who determines who is married and who is not? It's not the government. Now, for their purposes, sure. But in the eyes of God, it is the Lord himself who says that couple is married. And it can be done all kinds of different ways, different ceremonies. But if there is a vow that is taken, God says, that's it. It is sealed. You're married. And that can be done in the church. And I would like to suggest that maybe, just maybe, we take a slightly broader view of our understanding of who is authorized to perform a marriage. I think it doesn't require the state. I, 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 I don't need the government to tell me, this is your status, this is your living condition. I need God to put a stamp of approval on my covenant vows. And if I make those covenant vows, even without big gov, I, I, I'm, I'm in a covenant. And I think that that would be true for this older couple, that they could have a covenant ceremony inside of a church. God would see them as married. There would be no sin involved, no hint of scandal that two people are shacking up, wink, wink, sleeping in separate bedrooms. Testimonies would be pure. And if people said, hey, are you two married? They could say, absolutely. The government, however, won't see them as married. 
And this is where it gets a little bit funky, and I grant you that. And I think the reason is the government has co-opted something Christian. The etymology of the word marriage is who nabbed it first, if you will. I, I think it's the Bible. But the government uses the same word that the church uses. It's used globally, marriage. And so we have this sense that unless the government says we're married, we're not married. Well, what would happen if we don't need the government to tell us we're actually married? It would be done properly. Do you remember old Bibles? Do you remember those? Oh, go find one, open it up, and you're going to see in the front a baptismal date, who witnessed it, and you're going to see a page for marriage, and it's going to have the witnesses and the individual who performed the ceremony. The officiator will be listed right, done. No government stamp, no visit to City Hall. The church had, as fancy as it got, was that it was written in the front pages of our Bibles. When the government got involved, it was it was because they recognized, hey, marriage is a good thing. We got to be promoting this marriage thing. So we're going to give tax breaks. So if you get married, there are advantages to help encourage marriage. Now, if they hadn't gotten involved in that, we'd still be writing it in the front of our Bibles. That's what we would be doing. You'd probably still be wearing a wedding ring because that's a covenantal symbol that's very biblical. But nobody in the world would question if you're married. But the government got involved. And now we have officiants, pastors, who have to say we're married in the eyes of the government by the power invested by the state of fill in the blank. So when the government looks at a couple, they, they determine you're either single or you're married. But I would ask this. If this couple did this covenantal ceremony and they were married in the eyes of God, would they be married in the eyes of the government? Answer is no, they wouldn't because that's not how the government says you need to do it. You got to fill out the forms and you got to pay the fee and you've got to get a license. But what if this couple said, we don't need the government stamp of approval. They genuinely would not be married in the eyes of the government. In the eyes of the government, as if they'd care, they would be just two people that happen to share the same address. But when the neighbors walk by and see them together, they're going to see their covenant symbol on their left hand, on the ring finger, and they are going to go, oh, those people are married. And they are in the eyes of God. I think why this issue gets tricky, and I grant you, it is tricky, and I know this sounds a little bit whacked out, frankly, because we're so used to doing it the most of us were probably born into the governmental system. This is the way you did. Did you get your license? Have you been to City Hall? Now, I'm fine with participating in that. But here, here would be my ponderance du jour, which is also the ponderance of the day. It's very good. You should have it. The, the ponderance would be, what if, what if a couple who gets married in church we'll call it for the sake of clarity, performs a covenantal ceremony. They can choose to inform the government or not. This isn't just for 80-year-olds. They can choose to participate in the tax break system, which is really, that's what the government should call it. Not marriage. The ta You have no business in marriage, government. You're in the tax break business. 
And if a couple decides, yeah, we want those tax breaks, they can file for that. And if they don't want them, they don't have to file for them. And they're still married in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the church, and it should be in the eyes of the world. With all of that being said, Jimmy? <laughs> yes? I know that some people sent in emails about uh, Please note, this is... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not banging my fist on the table here. But at the very, at the very least, I think this conversation... Hey, I could be... Ah, this may not be exactly right. But nevertheless, it would be a helpful conversation to help us understand our attitude toward the government and their authority as it encroaches into the institution of marriage. So, Jimmy, what did what were people responding with? Yeah, so the consensus was basically what you just covered is, isn't it fraudulent to claim marriage uh, in God's realm That's and in the same breath, question. single status yeah. for the increased yeah, benefits? Yeah. Okay, I, I get it. I, I, I so get that because we don't want to be do it frauding the government. But here's the question. If you do not go to City Hall, pay the fee, and get your license, does the government see you as married or single? Yeah, and I, yeah, single. Single. So you're not defrauding. Now, could I be wrong about this? Yes, I could. But I do think it's at least worth pondering a bit that we're not lying. We don't want to lie to the government. We don't want to be tax frauders. No, and I think really what, what we're not thinking about is going through a covenant marriage like you just talked about and not going through the governmental system if we let's just say i did that and then i claim that um that i was married on my tax forms that's actually what would be fraudulent yes it, yes, it would yeah. sure it, yeah no you're ex you're exactly right so if you go to a covenantal ceremony inside of your church married in the eyes of god and you don't go to the government then you can't file as married status. And I know this feels weird. I, I I know it does. It's because we share this term marriage, that, that it's the government that says who's married. No, it's not. The, the government can't, can't make those sort of heavenly decisions. They can't render those verdicts. It is a social program to promote an institution that we used to think help to keep the society together. Were there any other, I, I look, could be totally wrong about this. I could. But just because the government has been doing it this way for a long time doesn't mean that we as Christians can't think through some of these issues and can't maybe, maybe remember that our God is more powerful and more important than the mayor, the governor, the president, whatever federal ruling there is to be lawbreakers. We don't want to be deceivers, but we do want to put God first in our thinking. Enjoy this conversation at dinner. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries, Preborn Ministries, and their network clinics. They are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Listen, I know you love listening to Wretched Radio and your support means absolutely everything to this ministry. But today I'm hoping you'll prayerfully consider taking the next step by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. As someone who's been changed by the gospel, you know its power, but there are so many people who have not heard it or understood it yet, and that's why we exist. We're on a mission to reach the lost through culturally compelling productions that are completely biblical. And with your help, we can do even more. More programs, more books, more outreach, more lives changed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a donor-supported ministry, we rely on faithful friends just like you. And when you give generously and consistently, you make our work possible. So if you would, would you consider partnering with us financially? Pray about it. And if the Lord leads, wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's word and will inform, instruct, inspire, me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Master's Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. When Habakkuk saw violence and injustice in Judah, he complained to God. God promised to use the Chaldeans to punish Judah. But Habakkuk complained that they were even worse than Judah. God said that he would punish the Chaldeans after using them to purify Judah. God uses all things for his glory and the good of his people, even evil things. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yeah, that's that's the best I can do when it comes to the whistling department. I am a horrible whistler. There is really there is a skill to whistling. Some people have it and they tend to use it. Some of us Oh, there it is. There you go. My whistler just showed up. This is Wretched Radio. Wondering your thoughts about the discussion that we just had about rethinking marriage. Where it's done, what makes a marriage a marriage. And I think that this is also worthy of our consideration, not just because I think that there are more people 
uh, than the ones that were presented to us, sent to idea at wretched.org, that are wondering, hey, can we, we, we know the social security and the financial stuff. There's other dynamics involved. Um, we don't want to be pragmatists. We don't want to say, well, hey, we're going to just change the way we do this to make it work for some people that have some conundrums. Never. We reject pragmatism. But we can noodle through some of these issues. For instance, what if it's a couple? They are uh, both both widowers, and they have kid. They each have kids, and let's just say they're they're in their 80s too, and 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 they actually have fond affection for one another. They want to live together, but you know they they don't want to do this wrong. So um, we can't we can't enjoy one another's company, but. If we get married, that would mean, here's the implication of that. Because isn't this fascinating? The covenantal law, covenantal marriage is more powerful than blood. If, you die, if you're married and you die, you know who's going to get all of your stuff? Not your kids. Whether, whether they're joint kids or separate families that have been blended together, they don't get it. The spouse gets it. So here's, here's the scenario. A couple, they, let's just say they've each got five kids and they, they decide to get married. One of them dies. All of that other person's stuff goes to the couple. And then when that person dies, who gets all of that stuff? Their kids. Unless, of course, the will is written. And look, all this to say there are scenarios out there. And we don't want to come up with ways to get around these issues. That is not what I am suggesting or even, I hope, implying. What I'm saying is we need to talk through marriage, especially in light of the fact that the government is defining it as two people of the same gender. Do we, do we even want to be participating in that? No, I'm not going to go tear up my sins. I'm I'm okay with participating. You want to give me a tax break and I'm not sinning in doing so? Fine by me. But do we want to continue to be underneath the controlling authority of the government in some of these scenarios when marriage is really esteemed as marriage in the eyes of God, at least for Christians it is. This is this is just a maybe. Maybe have conversations that give us a higher view of God than government. Furthermore, get ready for this one. Still not sure we're going to do this. We'll find out tomorrow. But I think that it's worth to have a conversation about Christmas. Do we really want the government mandating that people take a day off for our holiday when it has been turned into this very perverse celebration. It is perverted in that it is no longer about Jesus Christ. And I would propose that it is not a low view of America. It is not a low view of Christmas. No, it's a high view of our Christ. Hey, government, you're going to treat it like this. We don't want you in our religious celebration. This is a religious celebration. It has been turned into a secular celebration. And I think it's just worth having the conversation. Do we want them in this anymore? Did you see the Walmart ad for Christmas with the rainbow flag in it? Hey, Walmart, 
back off our holiday. This isn't you can do whatever you want to with the birth of the Savior of the world. Back off. And you might say, well, that indicates that we're losing the culture war. Well, we are. That's irrelevant. Even if we're winning, we should be asking the question, do we want the government's fingerprints on religious things, both covenantal marriage and Christmas? It's just worth thinking about. This is, this is increasingly that I've, I've, I've learned this for some reason more lately than ever. We are so baked into the cultural cake, we don't even realize it. We are constantly breathing the air that is surrounding us. And we just don't know how much it actually affects us. So I know when I say something like, well, you don't need to go to the government to get married. It's like, whoa, wait, whoa. And I feel that way too. Because I remember I heard somebody say something like this 20, 25 years ago. And I was like, cuckoo, cuckoo. I get it. It's radical sounded. Why though? It's, it's, I think it's because we're so used to the government being involved in our covenant ceremonies. We just, we've got to do it that way. What do you mean Christmas? Not a federally mandated holiday. That, and, I, and I get it. And I, and I understand, by the way, the loss that that represents. Boy, do I get it. That one day there was a time when virtually everyone would say, Merry Christmas. Well, there's that one comedian. Uh, what's that comedian? Merry Christmas, Mr. Lowenstein, and Merry Christmas to you. That's how it worked. It doesn't work that way anymore. And now we're trying to strong arm corporations into saying it. By the way, by the way, Starbucks won that skirmish, remember? That was a big deal. I remember that battle that Starbucks wouldn't put anything about Christmas. They were just doing red holly jolly cups and seasonal cups. Nobody's fighting about that anymore. That's just the way they do it. So chip, 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 chip at Christmas. Why do we let it? These are, these. I'm simply suggesting we have these conversations so that we are thinking more about the defense of the truth, defense of a biblical institution, defense of a Christian celebration. The, we should have a higher view of those things and then say, what do you mean? Wait, wait, government. What are you? What are you doing in our realm? What are you doing in our territory? What business do you have here? We we don't want in our system because you don't belong in that realm. These things are religious things. A covenantal ceremony. What we do in church that is a religious thing. It is a worship service where there is a vow being taken till death do us part. And while I realize these days with 1-800-GET-DIVORCED that even we Christians have a lower view of marriage, that covenantal vow, let me tell you, um, in biblical days, you don't keep that covenant, you get killed. Because that's what you said. If I don't keep this, it was the splitting of animals. You see this in the Abrahamic covenant. You split an animal, you walked through it, stopped and said, if I break this covenant, do unto me what has been done to these animals. Whoa, that's way heavier than a contract. You, you put down in front of everybody, that's why there would be covenantal witnesses 
You put down, it said to everybody, kill me if I break this vow. That's what we're doing when somebody gets married inside of a church. That's what we're doing. And aren't we doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Isn't that what we're doing? Why is the government involved at all? Seriously, I'm just asking. And I suspect it's because, well, that's, but that's how it works. Doesn't have to. Is it possible that we have simply their in covenants that we have accepted that they, they, they've got to say that Christmas is a, is a holiday? And what does Christmas mean to the world? Walmart, a corporation, thinks so lowly of the incarnation of God in flesh, they think put a flag on it to pander to a particular demographic and advance their agenda, which is ungodly. And we just say, hey, as long as the clerks say Merry Christmas, we're good to go. Hold on. The clerk's saying Merry Christmas unless they believe it. Okay, this is the, already recorded this video. I, I just, whether we put it out or not, time will tell. But what are we saying when we say Merry Christmas? I, I, we don't think about it, really, do we? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. In the elevator, the clerk maybe said, they just say happy holidays. And inside we go. Merry Christmas is a blessing. May you have a joyous celebration of the incarnation of the long awaited Messiah. That's what we're saying. That's, that's, and yet, even we don't think about that, do we? We are actually offering somebody a blessing. We insist that people who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ would offer that blessing to us? Perhaps. Perhaps. Not banging my fist. Not trying to sound like a... These are things that we really should start considering. This is Wretched Radio. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is El Roi, the God who sees. God is ultimately aware and concerned for us. Nothing escapes His vision. For the unsaved, this is a great terror. But for those who are in Christ, this is a great comfort. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello! Hello, is anybody there? I fear not. This is Wretched Radio. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, please, to idea at wretched.org. And don't forget the texter machine, 877-282-2337. Standard text messaging rates apply. <laughs> You're just going to sit in silence. <laughs> hey, Todd, I do owe you an apology. Oh, I'm back. What? Uh, yeah. I want to repent and, and and apologize to you because, you know, what we were talking about, the the elderly couple and all and all of the text messages and emails that came in disagreeing with you. <laughs> I sat on my couch the other night at home when all of these were coming in and I was gloating uh, and talking to my wife, telling her about it and gloating. And she stopped me and she said, hey. Isn't he a talk show host? <laughs> He's never wrong. This is specifically why we all love Mrs. Hicks. <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I was thinking about repentance this morning. And let me just let me just 
offer the caveat first, like pretty much everything else we've been talking about here, uh, that I think repentance in a marriage is so crucial, so crucial, that if a young couple is pondering marriage, or if a couple is married and they're having very big difficulties, until you believe that you are a bigger problem than your spouse, and that you're willing to repent for it, I give your I give I give your success rates in marriage very low odds. It's that important. It's that crucial. It, it, it's 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 always going to be an issue that somebody sins, and there's going to be a little ding, ding, just did, did a little stain in the carpet, just a dope, a little splash here, a little mess there, and then one day, hey, what? What happened to that couple? Why aren't they together anymore? They've got kids and everything. Well, they waited till they graduated from school to get divorced. What happened to them? Their carpets were stained beyond repair, and one of them couldn't take it anymore. I, I could not say because, well, frankly, I didn't ask Lifeway to do a study on this, although they probably have, that the unrepenting couple, very little hope. Seriously, very little hope. But the couple that is willing to be more humble than Jimmy just pretended to be, <laughs> that's, a, that's a couple that's got a, a very good shot at it. Because it also indicates a better understanding of the Bible when it speaks about us. That I esteem myself lower than everybody else. Like, you know, Jesus did. Idea at wretched.org. One eight seven seven two eight two two three three seven. All right, this question is from Dylan. Todd, what exactly is the unforgivable sin? I've heard various interpretations and opinions on it, and I'm just getting confused. Well, here's a question, and I understand that because hey, we all want to know it, don't we? Because <laughs> if I do that, what? Okay, first of all, there there can't be some sin that a Christian can commit, and suddenly they are snatched from the hand of the Father. The joint grip of both Jesus and the Father on you. If you could commit a particular sin, what it, it's sneezing three times in a row in less than five seconds. That's the sin. Okay, you're a Christian. You commit that sin. You're out? Impossible. So it can't be that a Christian can commit a whopper. Furthermore, something so important. I mean, we're talking about like a landmine here. Would God plant that and not put a flag on it and say, this is what it is. Don't step on it. If you do this, you're going to hell. Don't you think that God would identify and disclose what it is? With that in mind, what, what is it? And I think that the answer is we have to conclude that it is not a particular sin, but it could be a sin in the life, I think, of an unbeliever where God says, your number's up. I'm done. That's it. And it's, I don't know if it's volume. I don't know if it's a particular sin, but it's when, when your cup with your name on it gets filled up, God's going to take that cup and pour it out on you because it's a cup of wrath. And he can do that whenever he chooses to do that. So I don't think that it's a sin that could, could be applied to a believer. So I don't think that that should cause you any concern. I think it's for an unbeliever and it is not a particular sin. It happens to be a, it could be, we could even say, even if it is like a sin, that that sin 
is different in the life of everyone because God is the one that's doing the sin accounting and he makes that decision. Don't, don't let it freak you out, Christian. Don't let it cause you to be in a panic. There are so many people these days that are so tender. And isn't that a sweet thing? So tender that any sin causes them consternation. Oh, no, I don't know that I'm saved. Okay, sin should cause us to be troubled, but it shouldn't cause you to not be saved. You, you, you need to... I, I get it. This, this can sound like, oh, you're just making light of sin. No, but we need to remember that sin doesn't disqualify a saint. Now, it could be a marker. You're not one. Could be if it's ongoing, persistent. You don't care that you're sinning. Those would be the marks that you're a false convert. But the genuine Christian who sins while grieving over their sin, how could I do this to my Lord who did it? everything for me. How could, yes, you should feel rotten about that, but you shouldn't feel not saved. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Take a look at it. Read it. If you're one of these tender ones that is constantly feeling like, oh no, I did this or I didn't do that, I'm not saved. I didn't pray today. I didn't read my Bible today. Now you should. There's no doubt about it. But does that mean that those acts or lack thereof can snatch you out of the hand of the Father? When, when Paul writes, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, and he is emphatic about it, and he makes it plain, neither this, nor that, nor this, nor that, nor this, nor that, get the point, nothing. Not even when you sin. This is not giving license to sin. It should do the very opposite. You mean, if I commit this sin, I'm still in? I don't think I want to commit this sin. It's too good. I'm too glad to be here. 877-282-2337. Todd, this is from Sarah. Todd, recently you mentioned that if someone hurts you, you should always have a posture of forgiveness. Uh, but don't but you don't have to throw yourself back into the situation that caused hurt. I have a parent who continues to disappoint me in our relationship. She shares private information without asking to others. So it's come to a point where I just don't trust them. But now I have a baby and I don't want the same thing to happen with them. Do I keep this parent at arm's length if they've proven themselves untrustworthy or do I forgive them and let them back in so they can know their grandson? Uh, it's Let me let me just suggest there's, there's something in there that's between those two two options that will will perhaps meld the two of them. Communication. You need to sit them down. Mom and dad, here's the situation. This is, this is, here's an example. This happened on this date. It happened on this date. It happened on this date. Um, and I've asked you to not do those things. And yet, as you can see, you, you continue to do those things. I love you. I honor you. I forgive you for those things, but with a child now, I need to ask that you won't be doing those things either to me, to my spouse, or to my children. Can we can we make that deal that, that this will discontinue? Great. Simple as that. Lovingly, respectfully. Uh-oh, they done did it again. Sit them down again. Mom and Dad, you remember we talked about this? Like I'm not, I, I, I can understand mistakes can happen, but um, this, this one needs to stop. Really, it needs, I'm, I'm, I want to make this really 
clear and perhaps stronger than the first conversation we had, it needs to stop because we're not going to have this type of thing in our house. I would leave it there. Uh Uh-oh, they did it again. Mom and dad, we really need to talk. Uh, I've tried to express to you lovingly, respectfully, submissively to please stop sinning in this way. I have to let you know that if it persists, I cannot expose my spouse, my child, and even myself to this. Please stop. Uh Uh-oh, they did it again. How many of these conversations you wish to have? Uh, You know, having as much grace as possible, I think is, is the formula. But it might come to the point where it's like, mom and dad, I have to tell you, if this does not stop, you will not be seeing me, spouse, grandchildren. I, 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 will, not be a, I, I will not be a speed bag, and I'm not going to let this disrupt my family. I have a job, and it is to protect this covenant marriage. This, I shouldn't have said marriage because that kind of unwinds <laughs> everything we were talking about. This, this covenant, I am, I, I, I am commanded to protect. And so right now I'm protecting my family from my parents. I don't want that. I want you in our lives. But I have to tell you, there are no answers. This stops right now. Will you give me your word on that? And if they do, hopefully they keep their word. And if they don't, there can be a time. I think getting wisdom from others is always smart. But there could be a time where you have to say, I'm sorry, mom and dad, I've given you 17 warnings call when you're ready to participate in our family life with these terms. This is Wretched Radio. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? (laughs) Please Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save. Or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Well, thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here, we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023. This past year, we were able to launch Season 2 of Transformed. We launched Wretched Worldview 2. And let's not forget Season 4 of Road Trip to Truth, plus hundreds of hours of Wretched TV and radio. Now, what's possible for 2024? Well, we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today, and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. 
I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Attributes of God. What does it mean to say God is righteous? He is the standard of what is right and good. He is in strict adherence to his moral law, and he is the source of righteousness through Jesus Christ for every sinner who repents and puts their trust in Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now a mailbag question from... Jimmy, this is Wretched Radio. Did you say it like that? <laughs> I'm Casey Kasa. Okay. I am the Rich Little. There's a dated reference. The Rich Little of the 21st century. We're going to count him up. And then we're going to bring him down. <laughs> Jimmy, you have, you thought that maybe a follow-up was appropriate for the last question. Right, right. About um, the, uh, the parental situation where your parents have kind of been in infiltrating themselves in your marriage against your... Uh, in a bad way. In a bad way. Right, right, right. And so um, uh, you talked about, you know, talking to the parents and uh, warning them before you eventually, you know, pull pull away from them if you have to. Um, so my question is, how does that reconcile with honoring your yeah. parents? That's a, how do you do it? Look, mom and dad, ever since I was a kid, you always do it. Now you're doing it again. You're not honoring your parents. But if you lovingly sit down because you have an assigned role to primarily protect your covenant union with your spouse and your children, when you left, you cleave to another. That 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 parental covenantal relationship is secondary to, to your new relationship. That one is in, in essence, really, you could even go so far to say is that that is done. Now, that doesn't mean you don't honor. It doesn't even mean you can't live together. It just means that being underneath their authority, that's done. It doesn't mean you don't honor and and respect and show deference to. But it does mean God has said, especially if you're the husband, this, this unit right here, this till death do you part covenant, you need to protect that. That's your job. Even if it's your parents, just do it respectfully in an honoring way. And I, I I think that there's another component. Jimmy, I've just had perhaps another really horrific idea. Horrific. I, I think the issue of wisdom is also so needed in these situations because be honest, your parents, because of your history with them, they were sinners too. They maybe that's that thing. It is that thing that they always did and they're doing it again. And you can be like, yeah. 
and you can be boiling over. You are at 212 and you are just steaming mad. Are you sure you should be? Wisdom. So here's the bad idea, Jimmy. Okay. An unrehearsed dramatic presentation. My parents are are doing stuff and I'm coming to you, my church mate. Okay. To talk to you, Jimmy. My parents, I, I don't, I'm just wondering if I need to cut them off. Oh, uh, why? Every Friday night, they come over and we have ice cream. And every single time we make them in a blender, no, nobody in our family likes malt and they insist on putting malt into the into the shakes and turning them into malts. And I've asked them to stop with putting the malt into the ice cream. So you're going to cut them off? Well, they just keep doing it. Uh, that's okay. No, but we don't even get to drink the milkshakes because they turn them into malts. Yeah, I can. Okay. Okay. Right, here, here, okay. Hold on. Let, let's keep going here. Uh, Jimmy, uh-huh. I'm thinking about cutting off my parents. Why? Well... I got it. They're, they're, they, uh, when, when they come over, they have a tendency to, I get this feeling they maybe don't like my wife very much. I, I, I get that feeling. Why so? Well, they seem to give more attention to the kids than they do to her. Okay. It, what? Well, see, I need your perspective on this because I'm thinking about cutting them off. You're going to cut them off because they pay more attention to their grandchildren than their, daughter-in-law yeah uh, it's my wife well, i understand that but is it the, like the worst thing in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> or here's another one hey jimmy uh-huh thinking about leaving my parents that's where you ask why 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 are you thinking about divorcing my parents because uh th- we've we've got two kids and they show favoritism to the one i mm. i just really hurtful for my other child so i i just i just don't i've talked to them about it and they just so i think it's just time to put an end to it yeah that is a deeper conversation you think so i think that is yeah that's that's getting a little warmer yeah I think. all right jimmy uh-huh thinking about cutting out my parents boy the way they talk about my wife they even do it right in front of her yeah that's definitely okay, see, i need wisdom because i'm gonna get hot over malt put into my shakes, which just so you know, just in case you were not persuaded at the incredible level of acting skills that you just witnessed, I actually prefer malts. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, that's it, Jimmy. We're divorcing. We can't get... One of us needs to start a new denomination. Get wisdom from somebody and they'll walk you through it. And they would even be able to say, um, yo, bro, um, even when you're talking to me, you sound kind of agitated. If you talk to your parents like that, I don't think you'd be honoring them. Maybe you need to work on your heart a little bit. All that to say, honor them, do it lovingly and respectfully, and get wisdom before you cut off anybody in your family. And then send it to idea at wretched.org. I would even add. Oh, boy. <laughs> No, I would add that I think it's uh, even, you know, obviously you have to monitor how you speak to your parents because that's number one, how you honor them. Uh, But I would add that I think it's honoring even more so to your parents by making them aware that they are sinning. Oh, of course it is. But but keep in mind, though. There are times we have a tendency to think, okay, first Peter three that, you know, this uh, brotherly love. That, that we are supposed to be lowly with one another. Uh, 
that doesn't mean sometimes a firmer word can't be spoken because you'd be sinning by not being gentle. And it, it would be an act of kindness. All right, let's just say your boss just walked by and went, um, hey, um, you, you, would it be a, boy, that smell. Could you put the, the, the food instead of in in your in your garbage can next to your desk would you would you could you put that in the in the kitchen that would that'd be super great and you don't and they fire you um why 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 didn't you tell me wouldn't it be a gift to you if they said listen we've talked about this now five times you need to understand this is company policy and if you don't stop doing this we have no other recourse than to terminate you. That's a, that's a gift. So even speaking it strongly can be done lovingly. It's when it starts to get snarky and agitated because you've got all these emotions that are bubbling up inside of you. So yeah, it can be done increasingly in a more urgent kind of way. And that doesn't violate meekness or gentleness. Are we done now? Mailbag Jimmy? <laughs> I think so. All right. All right. This next question is from Matt. Uh, speaking of working and co-workers, he says, uh, Todd, I have a co-worker who I consider a friend and who professes to be a Christian. However, recently we had a conversation where he expressed doubts about the inerrancy of Scripture. Despite my efforts to share uh, relevant Bible verses, I'm genuinely concerned for his soul and unsure how to proceed with him. Yeah, well, that's it. This is going to sound a little bit crazy, but if this mailbag question had been sent in, say, 500 years ago, the reformers would have said, unless the guy says that the scriptures are inerrant, he's out. Uh, It's one of the five solas. It's like, hey, these they determine these are the essentials. Now, this would be a situation where I would spend time with this person and I would be keeping my ears open for attitude. What's their attitude about this? Or, you know, are they just looking for a way out? You might want to do some digging, too. There might be something underneath this like sin. They are doing something they know the Bible prohibits. So if I can conclude that the Bible has mistakes, it's got it's not always right, there are translation issues, it might get me off of my sin hook. So lovingly, patiently work with them to help them understand you have a very sure word. And then if you want to, Michael J. Kruger has great stuff on textual criticism regarding these discrepancies, these supposed errors that exist. Utilize those things. There's oodles of articles on the internet machine. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This next question is from Zach. Todd, how can I increase my obedience in Christ? That's a that's the question that we all should ask every day, isn't it? And the answer is in Acts chapter two. Just do what God says. Now I'm not saying about keeping every command, and of course we should do that. Here's what God says. If you want to grow in your love and devotion for the Lord, you need to stare at him. That's it. You, you, can't, you, you can't appreciate the beauty of a painting if you never look at it. Okay, you see it, what you saw it 10 years ago. You know what that was? I remember seeing an Alfred Sisley painting at the Chicago Museum of Art 40 years ago. And, and I remember that it was vivid blue. I don't sit there and go, wow, like I did when I was actually looking at it. And the same thing is true with Jesus. You can learn about him and then kind of move on with life. 
But if you're not persistently staring at him through the means of growth, um, it's it's just going to be dimmer and duller. What are those means of growth? Read your Bible, listen to preaching, witness baptisms, take the Lord's Supper, pray, and and submit yourself to the preaching of the of the authority in your life. Those are the means of growth. It's Acts 2, 42, 43. You do those things, you're going to be staring at Jesus. You're going to become more like him. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.